Good morning. Have you been thankful this week? I hope so. We're going to find out that's very important to be thankful. As we walk through the message toward the end, we'll see how important gratitude is in our lives. We've been looking in this series. We're smack dab in the middle of it right now. We've been looking at stars. And in the Bible, God uses stars uh, for, for different reasons. The first week, we looked at how they're reminders of his existence, his identity, and his character. Just, just the energy and the power contained in one star gives us a clue about the one who made that star, the one who made the stars and the heavens and the earth, just the power and the deity, his divine nature. We learn about him from that. Last week, we looked at how they're symbols of promise and reminders of our purpose, how we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And the stars, God used them in Abraham's life. He, he took Abraham outside, or maybe, Abraham, actually, I think Abraham was camping at the time. <laughs> he was living in tents. And God just said, look at the stars. That's a picture of what I'm going to do through your life. Your descendants are going to be as the stars. We find out later on in the Bible that we're a part of what God started with Abraham, what God actually started before that, but what he was doing through Abraham in that. And today we're going to look at how stars are a metaphor. They're a picture of a Christ follower's role in the world. And we're going to look at how we fulfill that role, how we play that role well, how do we fulfill our, purpur- our purpose in life as a follower of Christ. Every day can be packed with meaning and purpose if we're following Christ. If we're, if we're staying close to him, if we're living for him, every day can be packed with meaning and purpose. In Philippians 2, we're told, you must shine among them like stars lighting up the sky. This is our role. <clears throat> we're to shine among others in the world like stars lighting up the night sky. The, the backdrop for this passage is the darkness in the world that we live in. Uh, in this verse, we're to shine like stars against that, that darkness. And the world is full of darkness, which is a major symbol of evil in our world as we look at how things roll. There's a major battle going on between the power of darkness and the power of light. Uh, you, you see this battle in movies like Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader, he's a, he's a Sith Lord, one of the Dark Lords, and Luke Skywalker, Skywalker, he's, he's in, you know, he wears white, his troops wear white, the Imperial Guard, they're all in white, and it's light versus darkness, the battle rages on, and we get into these things because this is the real world, this is reality in a sense, this is what's going on, I'm not saying to build your theology on Star Wars or anything. But the reason we get into movies where this battle's going on is because it, it matches up with reality. We don't have to look very far to find darkness. I looked over the front page of the L.A. Times yesterday, and there's evidence of evil all over the front page. There's big big picture, aerial view of Cairo, Egypt, where people are... Angry. The caption was, anger swells in Egypt because the, the people had just overthrown an evil leader. And there's military rule currently. They're getting unsettled about that. They're not quite sure they can trust the military to rule, I'm sure. 
and evidence of evil. Article directly under that picture was about a serial wife killer who's on death row. Article to the left of that was about, <clears throat> this is an upper message for Thanksgiving weekend, just thought I, we'll get to the good part. <laughs> uh, to the left of that, a valley in Columbia that's been dealing with civil war for four decades. It's, it's, you don't have to look far. Darkness is close to us. Harsh words that are said in families, uh, people executing strategies to get their way in the families, at work, people operating in the dark when no one is looking to take advantage of others, to impress those over them, to get, get a leg up. It's all over the place. It's in us as well. If we're honest, we have to admit that we deal with darkness in our own hearts. We're not above deceiving. We're not above hiding things to get what we want, to maintain a certain image. I, I thought of, when I thought of the darkness, one of the things that comes to mind in my past is just, uh, I was working at Riverside Poly High. I was, the students called me a narc. I wasn't a narc, but uh, I did bust them if I did see the drugs. I did take them to the office and then the whole thing started, but that wasn't really my role. But we all had stations that we were supposed to be in, me and uh, my three co-workers. And we're, we were supposed to be in these areas of the campus, kind of make sure students were going to class and all that kind of stuff. And um, my boss over the radio asked where I was, why well, I was supposed to be in the 600s building. And I was in the parking lot talking to my co-worker friend, Jimmy, and I told him I was in the 600s. That's darkness. That's, that's coming from in me. Because I didn't want the boss to know where I really was, that I wasn't doing what I should be doing. Don't have to look far for darkness. It's, it's in us. No one is above the darkness. We're all pulled toward the darkness. I've been prepping for this seminar I'm doing in India. I think I mentioned it a week ago or two, two weeks ago. And the seminar is about uh, helping leaders help their people church leaders, Christian leaders, and others who are concerned about helping their people deal with the ramifications of tribal killings among tribes that profess Christ as, as their Lord. And as I'm getting ready for that, the heart of dealing with that kind of thing is forgiveness, and a supernatural forgiveness that comes from the heart of God. So as I, as I get ready for this, I'm trying to soak in Scripture, I'm trying to, to see that how everything connects, and I'm digging in, and it's really helping me. But one thing I realize is I, is I, want to, I read a book called Total Forgiveness. And as I see the marks of total forgiveness and letting go of resentment and forgiving the people around me, I also realize there's darkness because I just don't want to sometimes. Sometimes the resentment's there, and it, it is a struggle. It's something we struggle with. And... Our, our native tendency is to keep it in the dark, to, to, to just keep it hidden and not admit that. You may be shocked that I'm up here admitting these things, but I struggle with them. Honest truth is, there's a strong pull toward the darkness in all of us. We all have a dark side. Do, uh, author Dallas Willard calls this our readiness to sin tendency. That's the darkness in us. We have this readiness to sin tendency, and this is... 
This is a quote from one of his books. You know, it doesn't even take very much pressure for the average person to tell a white lie. My lie that I told on the job, that wasn't a white one. That was a bold-faced lie. But it doesn't take much pressure to tell a white lie, to speak a harsh word, to think an arrogant, judging thought. It doesn't take all that much pressure for someone to lust after someone else's spouse or to envy someone else's stuff or to scheme to try to obtain either. It really doesn't. There's a strong pull toward the darkness in all of us. And once we decide to follow Christ, we have to keep choosing to walk in the light. We have to keep choosing to bring things in the light so that God can really help us to deal with those things, since there's this strong pull the other direction. And this turns out to be crucial to fulfilling our purpose in the world, to keep walking in the light, to keep staying connected to our source of light, Jesus Christ himself. God wants his people to shine in the darkness. And He gives us the energy to do that. So we have to rely on him. In Philippians 2, we're given some very basic and practical ways that we can shine like stars against a pitch black sky of the darkness in the world around us. Verse 14, 16, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. So God wants us to shine as we're telling others about Christ and how we can find forgiveness and life and light in him. We're to live differently. That that verse right there gives meaning and purpose to everything we do. Everything. We can do, do what we do in a way that shines and draws other toward, others toward Jesus Christ. He wants us to think and talk and act and be different from the world around us so that we shine brightly. If you follow Christ, God's pleased when you don't cave in to the darkness that's inside of you or around you. But you draw from the energy that he supplies in the in the holy spirit you draw from the energy to shine our wattage in the world how brightly we shine is going to be determined by how much we depend on him and allow him to keep changing us keep revealing the darkness and keep showing us what needs to change and how we surrender to him to change because if you back up a couple verses from the ones we just looked at here You find out that God works in us, and then he shines through us. Philippians 2 says, Therefore, my dear friends, uh, 12 and 13, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. In the Greek, this was written, and the the root of that word works is energeon, or the the Greek word is energeon. It means energy. He gives us the energy to, to will and to act according to his good purpose. So he supplies the power. He, he, if we learn to depend on him and work with him, he, he helps us begin to shine, to live differently. 
We're to work out our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. Jesus has done everything that we need to be saved from our sin, from our rebellion against God. If we trust him, we have salvation, but we are to work it out, just like working a mine. If you own property and there's a gold mine on that property, you are not going to realize the value of it unless you work the mine. You start digging and you pull out the ore and you refine it and you get the dross out of it and you purify the metal. You go through the whole process. That's how you realize the value. Once you come to Christ, you have salvation. But it takes time and effort to realize its benefits. And that's what that passage is talking about. And when you realize its benefits, God begins to change you and you begin to shine against everything else that's going on in the world. Our our lives have tremendous potential for good. But like that great philosopher Barry Switzer said, potential means it ain't happened yet football coach at OU, Barry Switzer. Potential means it ain't happened yet. Like a mind that needs to be worked to bring out its value, once you come to Christ, you have a tremendous amount of potential. There is a tremendous, there is a treasure inside of you. But you have to work with God and allow him to do the work inside of you to bring out what he wants, what honors him in order to really shine. God supplies the energy to will and to act according to his good purpose. The basic truth that we see here, God must work in us before he can work through us. And and it's up to us to allow him to work in us, to do the work. We, We always rely on something or someone for motivation. And if you want to realize the value of knowing God and having the salvation Jesus provides, you put your faith in him. You rely on him to motivate. Faith unleashes God's power in our lives. We work the mind by by staying close to him, by letting him speak to us through his word. In fact, you know, miners, they wear those lights on their head. That light... Is to me is kind of like one, sort of like the Word of God, like the Bible. As you as you let the Word of God speak to you, what what the Word does as we get together and we you know it's taught here. As you get into it on your own and you begin to soak it in, it's sort of like that miner's light that that goes into the dark places to mine things. God really speaks to us through. Listen to Second Peter one, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it. What he's saying is, we have the scripture, the Old Testament, the prophets that were pointing to Christ. Now we have Christ. We know more of what they were talking about. Pay attention to that word as to a light shining in a dark place. The word of God is a light. It's like that miner's light shining in our hearts that reveals things. It exposes our, our attitudes, our thoughts. It exposes the way our perspective and our value, the things that are important to us. And we do well to pay attention to it, to allow God to speak to us. This passage and the entire Bible shows us that Jesus is the source of the light that we reflect. In John 8:12, he said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's the source. Jesus is the source of light that we draw from. He, he's the source of our wattage in the world. And we must walk in the light if we're going to reflect it. That's what 1 John says, 1 John 1 says, this is a message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. <clears throat> walk in the light. That's where Jesus is. Once, once we decide to follow Christ, we're, there's still a pull toward the darkness. We must choose to walk in the light. Depend on Jesus. Rely on the resources he has given us in order to continue to grow in the light, to walk in the light. He's given us the ability to pray, just to talk to him. He's given us access to God. You know you're in trouble if you're trying to wall God off from your thoughts, from part of the, some, some, some things you're thinking. You're trying to wall him off, trying to hide them in a corner. God knows your thoughts. If you can't invite him in to your thoughts, then redirect your thoughts to the good, to the things that would honor him. The words, like a flashlight, it's a resource. We work out our salvation as we talk to God in prayer, as we listen to him through his word, and as he, through his spirit, urges us, leads us, to prompts us to do things. And another important resource he's provided is to stay in fellowship with those who are walking in the light. When, when you want to walk in the darkness, you don't want to be near those who are reflecting the light. It tends to get in your eyes. It's uncomfortable. You just want to stay in the darkness. If, if, you want, if you're being pulled that way and you're drawn that way and you're taking steps in the darkness, you don't want to be around people in the light. But that turns out to be something God uses to, to help us grow and stay in the light because there's that pull. Here's a test that you can give yourself. If my thoughts and actions came into the light, they were exposed, would God be honored or would I be ashamed? What, what would happen? This is a great test to give ourselves all through the day. If you're walking in the dark, you're in real danger of causing some damage to your own reputation or God's reputation if you bear the name of Christ. Your relationships, in the dark, it, it gets nasty. You hurt people. There's a lot of damage to your stewardships or responsibilities, there's a danger in the, in the dark. The more you walk in the light, the more the darkness begins to subside. You know where you're walking by listening to your own thoughts, to your own words, looking at your attitudes and actions. In Philippians 2, we are given some very practical and basic directions on how to shine like stars. We read this earlier. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. We're going to dig into this passage just a little bit. 
Circle the word everything. If you're taking notes on the listening guide, circle the word everything because it means everything. Do everything without complaining or arguing. You can shine. This is basic, but you can shine in the world like a star if you do everything without complaining. Seems simple enough, doesn't it? It's tough to pull off. We need help. We need God's help for this. To even recognize when we're falling, if we have a pattern of complaining, we need help just realizing when we're going to fall into that pattern or when we're in it just to choose it. But, boy, you can shine. Here's a video clip from the movie Up that shows the effects of complaining on the people around you. Which knee? My elbow hurts and I have to go to the bathroom. I asked you about that five minutes ago. Well, I didn't have to go then. I don't want to walk anymore. Can we stop? Russell, if you don't hurry up, the tigers will eat you. And those tigers in South America. Duology. Ah, for the love of Pete. Go on into the bushes and do your business. Okay, here, hold my stuff. I've always wanted to try this. <laughs> That's the effect. Oh. That's what other people are doing around you. You're not shining like a star. On the other hand, gratitude is like a spotlight. I mean, there is light. When you're grateful, which is what we were focusing on Thursday, boy, how does that shine? When there's, when there's a, a pattern of gratitude built into family life, work life, in the neighborhood, wherever you are, that's, that's a light that shines. Grumbling doesn't change anything. It just stinks up the air. The wording. The Greek here that this is written is gongasmus, gongasmus, It actually sounds like what grumbling is. Just grumbling turns out to be a major offense to God. Because it's usually about someone over you, ultimately him. If you're not happy with your difficult circumstances, you're really unhappy with him. It's like a tantrum when we're not getting our way. It's not what I want. I don't like this. Jesus, who is the source of light, showed us how to handle these situations when he was about to face the cross, when he knew it was coming. In his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke twenty-two forty-two, he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What a light. What a light that shines. God, I am, I'm not happy with these circumstances, but I want you to use them. I want to please you in them. And I want you to use them in a way that glorifies you. If you choose that attitude over and over again, you shine. That's different. That is unusual. And you shine against the darkness. Arguing 
something else that we're supposed to avoid. We're to do everything without complaining or arguing. There's a major difference between having a question about something or making a suggestion to be helpful in a situation and questioning those you're working with or working for. Just a a questioning, difficult spirit where you're always questioning. You know, light is a very good thing, but if you think you need to enlighten everyone to the right way of doing things, that's that's annoying. That's you know, light in the eyes doesn't it doesn't feel good. Just you know. And and so arguing does that. You just have an argumentative approach to life rather than gratitude for those who are working with you and over you. It's struggle it's a struggle. It's not good. It's it's just like everything else. But if if you're easy to work with, and you may have some questions, you may have some suggestions. It's not like you just lay down. But if you're easy to work with, you're generally grateful to God for the things that are on your plate. You're just grateful for life and what he's doing, and you work with people and make it easy to, to work with you. That's That's a light that shines. We're also to be blameless and pure. We're to become blameless and pure. This, this is a process because, frankly, all of our motives are mixed. And we have things people could blame us about. And if they do, what it means to be blameless, it doesn't mean that you've never done any wrong or that you don't do wrong. What it means is that you do whatever is necessary to make it right before God and before the people you've wronged. So you, you, you make it right. When my boss asked where I was in, in, on the campus over the radio, I, I flat out lied. And as soon as I did, the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I sort of started, I don't, I don't know if you ever had this happen, but as soon as I lied, the Holy Spirit convicted me, and I sort of just started started. Trembling. I don't know if I did outwardly, but I sort of, because I knew what that meant. I knew it meant that now I'm going to have to go humble myself before the boss. And I came up with all kinds of reasons not to do that. Well, you know, he won't know. I'm just going to go to the 600s. I'm going to stay there as long as I so I'm just going to be where I should be every time. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to go hang out with my friends and eat donuts in the parking lot anymore. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to. That'll be all right. He doesn't need to know. No, the Holy Spirit, no, no. You've got to bring it in the light. You've got to tell him what's going on. So I marched into the office, and I admitted I lied through my teeth. Everybody there I worked with, they knew I was a Christ follower. They knew I followed him. And you know what happened? He forgave me. I asked his forgiveness. He forgave me. And now we could have a talk. We had a talk, and our relationship was never better. Because you know what? He knew I wasn't always in the area where I should be before that. It just now was in the light. And it could be dealt with. And that's, that's the importance of being blameless, getting things right. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But when you make it right, you bring things into the light and you deal with it. And God can work. This is how God works in us. It was his Holy Spirit that gave me the energy to make it right, to get it straightened out. Did I want to? Was I shaking on my way into the office? Yes. But he supplied the energy to will 
and to act according to his good purpose. And when you make things right, you just don't let them go, but you make them right. When you've damaged others when, by your words, actions, neglect, that's not normal. It shines like a star against the darkness, against the backdrop of evil in the world. We're also commanded to become pure. This is a reference to motive. You know, our motives are mixed. But we're to be unmixed. We're to become pure, unmixed, like pure metal that is refined. When we decide to follow Christ, we're commanded to live for one thing, one motive, one goal, to please God. Every circumstance, every situation, every word we say, everything we do, every thought we have, the one motive, God, would you help me to please you in this? And what I'm thinking and what I'm saying and what I'm doing and what I'm giving my life for, I want to live for you. That should be our only motive. Now, we're mixed, and we've got to filter out all the other ones. We've got to walk away from the darkness, but if we'll choose that one motive, that shines like a star. And it blesses people. When you do what pleases God, you experience his pleasure, his blessing, and so does everybody around you. We stand out this way against a backdrop of darkness in the world. A follower of Christ has a clear role in the world. You must shine among them like stars in the, in the night sky, lighting up the night sky. If you were a light bulb, let's think about this. Right? If you were a light bulb, how would you rate your wattage right now? Are you, are you dim? Is there a dimmer on your, on your light? Are you about 25 watts, 50, 75, 100 watts? How would you rate your wattage? Get out of the darkness if you're in it. If you're, if you're starting to take a couple steps into it, turn around, go the other way. The darkness is full of danger and harm. When we walk in darkness, we damage our reputation, our relationships, and our stewardships, the trust that has been given to us by God. If we just stop complaining and arguing and become blameless and pure, we're going to begin to attract people to the light. As we hold out the word of life, as we tell people about Christ and explain to him how he has made a way for rebellious people back into a right relationship with God, our lives are attractive as well. Our lives shed light on the story of Christ and what he's done on the gospel itself. If we shine like a star in our attitudes and approach to life, Others are going to want to know him. They're going to want to listen to our witness as we tell them about him. When we tell others about Christ and we hold it out, our character strengthens our weakness. This is how we fulfill our purpose and find meaning in our everyday lives. This is how we get involved every day in something much bigger than ourselves. And God has allowed us to do it. This is the good life. I'd like to wrap up the message this morning by asking you to think through your next steps. Uh, I've made some suggestions at the bottom of your listening guide and on the connection card. If you'd take out that connection card, it would be great. We're going to receive our offering in a few moments. And I'd like to ask you to take the time to complete any information you haven't had a chance to or any next steps on the card. And then when the offering comes around, drop it in the offering. That would be great.
Uh, here's some suggestions I've made. God may have said something else to you and made it clear a good step to take. But memorize Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Easy verse to memorize, but very important to remember. that You can shine like a star if you'll, if you'll just do those two things. God, help me develop an attitude just of gratefulness, of thankfulness as I live my life. And then another step could be to stop complaining or arguing or to become blameless pure. As I was speaking, going over the passage of Scripture, maybe God spoke to you about one particular thing, complaining, arguing, blameless, pure. Um, Check that. Just say, God, would you help me grow toward this? Would you help me take steps in, in the direction of the light in this area? And then there's some other ways that you can let us know you want to be involved, the ornament exchange, the child dedication and then helping with the family Christmas service. Our Christmas offerings continuing today, and we're supporting uh, what God's doing in other parts of the world and, and closer to home as well in India, Central Asia, uh, L.A., and then just a, a world missions offering. It's going to go to that. So um, pray about it if you haven't decided what to give yet, and be ready to give as God leads you on that. If you're a first-time guest with us today, we're really glad that you're here, and uh, we have a gift for you. It's a book. It's called The Case for Christmas. As you go through those double doors to the left, there's one table that's a little higher. The book's on that table. We'd love for you to pick that up and enjoy it, and I think you'll find it to be helpful to you as it answers questions about Christ and Christmas and how we can know the historicity of all that and uh, how we can really trust the Bible and Jesus and believe who he said he he really is. So I think it'll be helpful to you. Please pick that up on your way out. We'd love for you to enjoy that. I'm going to pray and ask the band to come up. Father, we thank you for the truth we find in your word that really does free us. And God, help us to choose more and more uh, to live with one motive. Those of us who are following you, God, we want to please you above everything else. We also fight the darkness inside, so God, give us victory. You are the victory. You're the one we can trust. You're the one we can lean on, depend on, to grow the strength in us to live differently. Help us with this, God, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.